happy to have Miss Erin McDaniel come and sing for us again. She's been with us several times now. Her mom, Robin, is on the front row here next to Jeannie. Erin uh, is a senior this year, and she'll be going off to college next fall. She's been with Orbit. She was one of the beginning students in Orbit, weren't you? And she's in the senior class this year, five years in Orbit. She's going to sing for us this morning, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my.
Aaron, thank you. So when you come home from college, will you come sing for us some more? Of course. Okay. All right. All right. For the last several weeks, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer. Bit by bit. And today, we begin the second section. Uh, the first section dealt with God. Our Father, we did that one. Who art in heaven, we did that one. Hallowed be thy name, we did that one. Thy kingdom come, we did that one. Thy will be done on earth that is is in heaven. We've done that one. And so the first section is all about God. And that's an interesting clue for us about how our prayers should be. Instead of starting with us, it starts with God. The second section deals with man's needs. And today, give us this day our daily bread. It's important that we begin with God first and foremost, and then we get around to us. Not until God is in the proper perspective can we pray properly about our own needs. We can't pray properly um, until God is in his proper place. If our idea of God is out of kilter, then our prayers will be out of kilter. But as we get to the second part about our needs, it doesn't set God aside. No, even though he's primarily exalted in the first half, the second half exalts him too. It's not that the first half butters God up. The first uh, thoughts flatter God and then after that's out of the way, we get to what we really need. That's not it. But it's interesting in the second part, it's God that gives us our daily bread. It's God that forgives us our debts and trespasses. It's God that keeps us away from temptation. All of these things are an expression of his power. So the whole prayer is really about God. But the second part, it maybe is about our physical connection, emotional and spiritual. Asking God to give us our daily bread is a very simple thing. It reminds us of our utter and total dependence on God, and we'll talk more about that in a few moments. But praying for our daily bread is far from some prayers that people are praying today. I'm even hesitant to use the word praying. Maybe demanding is the word I should use. And I'm talking about the prosperity gospel here. You've seen it if you've watched much television or maybe read about it. Maybe somebody would come to God and instead of hallowing his name and asking his will to be done and his kingdom to come, it's God, I need a Rolls Royce, not want, I need a Rolls Royce. Or God, I, I need a Swiss bank account. Or two, that'd be good. Or a new jet because my old one's not good enough. And we see it all too often, people demanding of God things. One of the stars once upon a time of the prosperity gospel movement was Jim Baker. Remember Jim Baker? If you're my age, you remember Jim Baker. I don't quote Jim Baker often, but I've saved this for years. Perhaps you remember Jim and Tammy Faye and PTL and ministries and they preached prosperity and it all came tumbling down and Jim ended up in federal prison. And while in prison, he wrote a book entitled, I Was Wrong. Let me quote what he said. 
About the time of my parole hearing, 1993, I completed my study of all the words of Jesus in the New Testament. Even the prodigal son, one of my favorite stories told by Jesus, took on new meaning as I read it again for the first time with an overview of Scripture in mind. I quickly noticed that the story began with the younger brother saying to the father, Give me, give me, give me my part of the inheritance. He didn't even say, Please give me. He simply demanded. Before long, that young man landed in the pig pen. I began to see the fastest way to the pig pen begins with give me. And the fastest route to the big pen, the federal penitentiary, often begins with the same phrase, give me. For years, I had embraced and espoused a gospel that some skeptics had branded a prosperity gospel. I didn't mind the label. On the contrary, I was proud of it. You're absolutely right, I'd say to critics and friends like, I preach it and I live it. I believe in a God who wants to bless his people. I even got to the point where I was teaching people at PTL, don't pray God your will be done when you're praying for health and wealth. You already know it's God's will for you to have these things. To ask God to confirm his will when he's already told you what his will is is a matter of an insult to God. It's as though you really don't really trust him or believe that he's as good as his word is as his word says. Instead of praying, thy will be done when you want a new car, just claim it. Pray specifically and tell God what kind you want. Be sure to specify options and what color you want too. He did that. And then he says, such arrogance, such foolishness, such sin. The Bible says we are not to presume upon God, but we should say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. We talked about that in James 4. I mean, I'd always have been so blatant about it, but I often preached a prosperity message at Heritage USA and on our PTL programs. The more I studied the Bible, however, I had to admit that prosperity message did not line up with the tenor of Scripture. My heart was crushed to think I'd led so many people astray. I was appalled that I could not have been so wrong. I was appalled that I could have been so wrong. I was deeply grateful that God had not struck me dead as a false prophet. After reading that and agreeing with him in what he says there, I hope when heaven was looking down at me and they heard me saying, God, give me a Rolls Royce, they knew I was using that as a ridiculous scripture example. Or God, give me a Swiss bank account or two, or God, give me that new jet. Because heaven does look at our prayers and hear our prayers. And sometimes those prayers make God smile. And then other time, I think our prayers can make God's weep when we're out of kilter, when we don't make sense. So back to Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. How does that make sense today? Because in our society, it seems a little outdated. I mean, there's bread on every corner. We can go to Kroger and we can go to Publix and we can go to Aldi and we can go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, wherever we go, and they're full of bread. Unless it might snow in Georgia and then watch out, there's no bread to be found because it's all at your house and you've got bread. And then what happens three or four days later? You throw it out. You throw it out. Why do we, with a grocery store on every corner, Need to pray for bread. It's everywhere. A missionary 
in Haiti met a woman named Gertrude, a native of Haiti. And Gertrude told the missionary, most Americans don't need God. He asked her to explain. And she said, American Christians have everything they need. If they don't pray or read the Bible for weeks, it makes little difference in their daily lives. They still have food to eat, a place to sleep, regular income. They don't need to practice their faith every day. And Gertrude's right if we're not careful and if we don't pray correctly every day. Gertrude lives among impoverished people. I've never been hungry or without bread in my life. In our society, even a young child's allowance can buy a loaf of bread. So what does this mean for those of us that don't worry about putting food on the table? What truths are we missing when we just slide across these words, give us this day our daily bread? In teaching us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus reminds us that he is our provider. God is our provider. We are absolutely, positively, totally dependent upon him. And maybe it helped me live in farm country where they grew wheat and corn and beans and things that we can make bread out of because I saw that bread just doesn't come from Kroger. It comes from the ground and it comes from work and it comes from God blessing and things springing forth and that's where it comes from. If God decided today not to pollinate and not to use photosynthesis and not to bless us with rain, It'd be gone. All of it. We are utterly and totally dependent on God. How so? You will breathe 25,000 breaths today, roughly. 25,000. Every one of them a gift from God. Your heart will beat roughly 115,000 times in these 24 hours. Feel it, every one of them, every one of them, a gift from God. We should be thankful that he's provided for us. Today I might not have to say, oh God, I don't have any food for my family. Where's it going to come from? And I won't say that, but I should say and I will say God, everything I have and all that I share with those people that I love comes from you. Part of this prayer reminds us to be humble because of our dependence. To be humble. Pride is a horrible sin with terrible consequences. And knowing that it is God that provides for us is important to maintain a pecking order in our spiritual lives. I didn't provide it. I didn't do it. God did, and when I keep him first, everything else works out. Valentine's night, Jeannie and I went out to dinner, and we were at a new restaurant, um, and we were, the, the Juicy Crab, I recommend it, by the way, and we were pleased to notice that couples to our left and to our right both said a blessing when they received their food. They were there first, and then we got ours, and we prayed too. 
But the thing that made us notice that was that that's a rarity anymore, isn't it? We go to restaurants and we pray and we're not ashamed of it. But very often you'll see people bring stuff right to the table and it's consumed and God is never mentioned. And they miss the privilege of praising and thanking God. They miss the thought of being totally dependent upon God. They miss the humility that comes realizing without God they would have nothing. So many eat without connecting. Give us this day our daily bread helps us to connect. God provides. After the Korean War ended, South Korea was left with a large number of children that had been orphaned by the war. Thousands of them. Relief agencies came in to deal with the problems of so many orphans. And one of the people involved in the relief effort reported a problem they encountered with the children who were in the orphanages. Even though the children had three meals a day, every day provided for them, they were restless at night and had difficulty sleeping. As they talked to the children, they soon discovered the children had great anxiety about whether or not they would have food the next day. To help resolve the problem, the relief workers in one particular orphanage decided each night that when the children were put to bed, the nurses would put a piece of bread in their hand every night. Not for them to eat, but to remind them there's food here and it's going to be okay. It was a security blanket for them, reminding them that there was provisions Sure enough, it calmed the children's anxieties and it helped them sleep. We should take comfort in knowing that our physical needs are met, that we have food or bread. If you're ever down and in the dumps, wander to your pantry and be amazed and thank God. This part of the Lord's Prayer then teaches us to come to God in in a spirit of humble dependence, asking him to provide what will sustain us from day to day. And it's a daily event, not once a year, once a week, once a month, daily. And in it too, and this is back to Jim Baker, we're not given a license to pray and ask for great riches, but we're encouraged to make our needs known to him, trusting that he will provide. Look how this thought is is put in Proverbs chapter 30, verses eight and nine, an interesting prayer. When the prayer says, first, (coughs) help me to never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who's the Lord? I don't need the Lord. I've got all I need. I'm rich. And if I'm poor, I might steal and insult God's holy name. But put me somewhere in the middle where I can appreciate Everything that has come my way. It seems in our world today that there's more abundance than ever before. Would you agree to that? Technology has made farmers produce more on an acre of land than can be imagined. Seeds are better, machinery is better, the process is better. 
the things they can do. So we have plenty and we throw it away. Let me ask you this. Is today's world more thankful than the world you were born into? I don't see anybody shaking their head yes. It's all no. And we have so much more. It seems the more we have, the more ungrateful we can be. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We need to look back. How many days have you lived? Has God answered that prayer? Every day of your life. And more than bread, much more. We should be a grateful people that God has answered that prayer. And we should keep praying it to remind us it is God that answers that prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for being a great Father. Today we talk about the physical and how you have blessed us and how we are not doing without. We're reminded of other parts of this world where there are hungry. And help us to reach out and do our part in giving and in sharing. Father, in the days ahead, we will look at things we truly need. Forgiveness and guidance. That comes up in the days ahead. Thank you for prayer, for answered prayer, for people of prayer. And Father, thank you for this framework that you give us that puts you first. Help us to do that in our prayers and our daily living every moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you this week as he gives you his, your daily bread.